All right. Speaking of people you don't want to hang out with, I happened to stumble across this show on YouTube called Insufferable Bastards. Hmm. Everybody, welcome to Insufferable Bastards. My name is Carlos Danger. For the purposes of this here broadcast, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Brian Spears. Hello, Brian. Hello, hello. I feel like I'm yelling. I apologize if I'm yelling. Also, I have the fart sound. I can't stop playing. <laughs> and then joining us, and I guess I should have asked him how do we how do we introduce him? I didn't go into any of that. This is a very special guest for this podcast. It used to be known as Mobile horror companion. He would never come on, refused, gave us the eye hat, cold shoulder, just wouldn't do it. We changed our name just to try to get him to come on to insufferable bastards. Still wouldn't come on, always too busy, constantly refusing. Uh, then once in a while, clearly never listening, but once in a while making fun of our Quentin Tarantino comments. Somehow that <laughs> he's anti-Quentin Tarantino. So if you, if you think we're insufferable bastards, meet Nate Rand. Welcome, Nate. Thank you, Eugene. Great introduction. Thank you. Thank you. No yeah, problem. Uh, yeah. Insufferable bastards. I just can't even with the name. It fits, right? Come on. We're going big time. I don't know why we only get 10 listeners, but one of these days. Yeah, I, sure, sure. I was saying to Nate in the chat before, I was like, I don't know. I don't know why people don't want to hear the opinion of 45-year-old uh, white men at this point. It doesn't seem like, I mean, where's our voice? I know, right? You would think that there's other 45-year-old white men out there that want to hear what we are talking about. No, not at all. The problem is, is every 45-year-old white male has a podcast and right. just only does their podcast. They're all on Pina Comics, yeah. this, uh, this other Connecticut podcast. But, Nate, I mean, you were a filmmaker. You are a filmmaker. I don't know. How do you describe yourself? Author, Dalton Productions. Uh, you guys go back. You work together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Former filmmaker. I, I uh, Back in, I don't know, 2002 or so, 2003 maybe, Made a super low-budget horror film, uh, very much inspired by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, called Hunting Season. We made it for about $5,000 with some friends back in the woods. Um, it uh, went on to uh, great fame at Monster Mania, where I sold uh, about 30 copies, probably. Yes! Um, one of those luckily uh, landed in the hands of Elmar Berger, who is a German uh, film producer. Uh, when he went back to Germany, he watched it. And contacted me within a week and said he wanted to produce my next film, uh, which took me about another year or so to write because I didn't know what I was doing with it. Uh, it's called Burning Inside. It's a weird German expressionist, mostly silent film, black and white. Um, at that, uh, oh, uh, it was it? No, oh, it was actually it was not Monster Mean. It was the Fangoria Convention, which it's is Caucus, New Jersey, at, baby. Uh, yeah. That's where I met Spears. We were yes. we were at the booth next door to him, and we helped him pick up his thirty pack as it broke open when he walked into the door. Uh, you know, we became friends after that. But uh, Spears helped me out on Burning Inside with our some of our uh, gore effects and special makeup effects. And uh, so we did Burning Inside. After that, I decided that wasn't much uh, much for collaborating with other people and raising money to make movies. But after that, I went into uh, writing primarily. So uh, so writing novels, young adult, uh, young adult paranormal, young adult horror. That type of stuff. So that's that's what I'm doing these days. I was just also, looking over my shoulder because I think I, I have Burning Inside is somewhere behind me. 
on my on on my wall, but I I, I cleaned up a little uh, in the last oh, day okay. or so. But I and I saw it at a uh, what was it uh, the Danbury Film Festival. Danbury Film Festival. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember uh, because I think I was a little. We were uh, at out two boots. Before, we went to two two boots, and we yeah, were right before that. that. We had joined the Polish American Club right there on Ive Street. I think that same um, day. I also remember that convention was, I believe, uh, I mean, the total s- true story of the 30 pack. Uh, but uh, I think I had <laughs> sold a skeleton literally walking in with it. So like my day was so like I already did. my, You know, it was literally like, all Party! right. I, yeah. Like I was Let's go hang out with the guy from Two Moon Junction. He might yeah. show us his penis at the yeah. bar. <laughs> yeah. And at that at that Fangoria Fest, I remember like you picking up that that 30 pack that had spilled all over the floor and uh, saying the spears because I was fresh faced. I had no idea trying to be professional. I was like, we can drink at this. And spears is like, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be here if I couldn't. <laughs> we probably in retrospect, ago. we were not allowed to probably drink there, but I just didn't listen to rules back then. No, probably not. So anyway, that was it. That's the history between uh, the all of us here. I was just a hanger on. Obviously, you know, I would just like show up at these places and somehow hang out with you guys with like the artists. But so we're here to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was just released. We're recording this on Saturday, February 19th, 2022. I believe it was released the 18th about uh, 24 hours ago or so to Netflix. And I, you know, I mean, if we just cut right to the chase, it's not getting good reviews, certainly by the critics for the most part. I've been sort of looking on Facebook, like like bloody disgusting, to see how just people are, are, are reacting to it on social media. I would say in general, not a great positive reaction there either. So I guess, uh, Nate, since you're our guest, and wait, Brian, should we do the old mobile horror? companion tradition where we, we ask, i would definitely say that but maybe we you want to do it at the end or should we do it at the beginning okay i'll throw out the question nate and then we'll come back and you have to answer this question you might have to write this down or take notes but every time we in our old podcast before that imploded we would ask our first guest or a guest who was on for the first time to name one horror character living dead whatever of all time you'd really want to get drunk with so if you just store and then and then one you would absolutely not want to get drunk with and i'll probably okay. edit all this out because we're it's probably so boring and nobody wants to hear i it. might but, have to think about that for a minute so all right so that's in the back of your head we'll come back to that at some point but what is your initial impression i guess of texas not the texas no. chainsaw massacre Right, right. And it's not the Texas Chain Saw Massacre. And it's not the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Is there like a tilde in there somewhere? I don't know where. I don't <laughs> there's, know there's, what syllable yeah, I'm there's, supposed there's, to freaking. I don't know. Right, right. Maybe they, they should put like an asterisk or a uh, apostrophe. Texas Chainsaw's Massacre or Texas Chainsaw Massacres. Oh, what, what was my initial thought? Uh, my initial thought was that. Um, uh, so it was it was a big night in my house for last night. I we I was anticipating this movie. I'm a huge Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan. The original is is my number one horror film of all time. Uh, absolutely terrifying. Um, you know, loved it. 
uh, hated it because of the fear that it instilled in me most of my life. Um, so I was ready for them to actually get back to its roots. The last one, the Alexandra D'Addario one, I don't even know what that one was called. Yeah. Um, it was absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. Hated it. Hated everything about it. The 2003 one I like. The 2003 one I do like. I, that's a, it's, I think it's a really good movie. It's not as terrifying as the original, of course. Um, so last night was a huge night in, in, in our house. We went out, I went out and I got takeout Mexican food from Jalapeno Heaven in Brantford, which is amazing. Brought that home. We, had wait, we, should, we should shout out your wife is, is Kim. My wife who's, your, is who's your production partner? Who's there somewhere? So just hi, Kim. Yeah. I don't want. I we should. I just want to acknowledge that. She's in the other room listening. She can All hear right. everything. All right, good. Sorry, I I, I interrupted yeah. your flow there. Yeah, she's also a big fan of Texas Chainsaw. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the first horror movie that. Um... There she is. Hey. <laughs> Miss you guys. Miss What's you. going on? <laughs> that much. <laughs> So we really we wanted you on, not not Nate, because we don't have any, we never <laughs> any females on this podcast. We're trying to be relevant, get get some new listenership. Said so we got we got another old white guy. Right, right. The female perspective. Something. All right, go ahead. Sorry. So uh, actually, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was like one of the first movies that we watched when we first started dating twenty plus years ago. Was you know she was we were, it was date night or whatever. Well, I let's let's watch a scary movie. She was into scary movies. She had never seen anything as scary as that. So I'm diehard Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan of the original. So we get our Mexican food. We sit down. We're watching the movie. We eat. It takes us 20 minutes to eat. We pause it at 20 minutes to clean up. And I look at her and I go, do we even want to continue? Oh. What was it? So what at the 20-minute mark? Because I, I was looking at the timestamps just before we, uh, we we started recording. Okay. What what had kind of thrown you off by that point? If you were well, it was every it was honestly it was everything about it. Every I hated everything about it to that point. Wait a second, and, Nick. And, you had a problem with? Come on, it's a bunch of realtors, I guess. <laughs> no, they oh. were chefs. They're they were chefs. chefs, or were they they were influencers, uh, or they're they're real chef estate influencers that well, bought. There was the two TikTok chefs that bought the ghost town. And then they invited investors to the ghost town to auction off the buildings and make their own influencer ghost town, I guess. And when the, and I don't know if the investors showed up before after the 20 minute mark, because it never got any better after that. Um, The 20 minute mark just happened to be when we finished our food and we were, you know, clearing the plates and ready to, to determine whether we're going to continue or not. But the influencers show up, or the the investors show up, and not one of them is over the age of twenty four years old. Most of them don't get off of the bus. I mean, are they are they on? They're off the bus for a little bit and they get back on. I actually uh, have a clip. The, I have a clip. Set up the, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, no, they they did set up the folding chairs for the auction. Yes. Yes. And they were very excited that all of the uh, all of the buildings sold. I, I, I can't remember ever seeing a setup for a horror movie that was so clumsy, so confusing, because I didn't even know half of what you guys just said. But I did pull a clip early. I guess I wasn't paying attention. This is when they first show up to the town. And the one guy, I guess he's the chef. I guess he's, he's the well, second No, there's victim. two chefs. There's two chefs. The, 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 fem- the guy chef, the, the, yes, the male chef. The curly-haired girl. Yeah, okay. So this is he gets out of the car. You guys might not be able to hear this, but people at home definitely will. Oh! Holy shit, babe, this is amazing. So Harlow is a ghost town. 
Yes, but we have a vision for this place. All it needs is young blood, people like us, tired of the big city, looking for a fresh start. Well, we were paying just to park the food trucks in Austin. We get the whole corner over there. That is insane. Our restaurant will be first, and we have to just inspire more people to follow. We will. We definitely will. Oh, this space would be perfect for my art gallery. Lila, look, we could put a comic book store in here or something cool. We could put a comic book store in here or something cool. <laughs> yeah. The so art gallery got me. That was like, oh, come on. Like, you don't even have a town yet. Like, where are these guys getting money? Well, well I didn't later understand. On, Go later ahead. on, one of, the girls, one of the girls comments that they're like four hours away from Austin. So people are going to drive four hours to go to their restaurant? They're going to go to a new Austin. They're not going to go to Austin. They're going to, they're going to go to this other Austin. And, and literally, know. one quick thing. Can they, like, how is that age of, they're, they're all old, uh, just young enough to be those millennials. But no, they're younger. Not, this is Gen Z. They're younger? They're, all right, all right. Like, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. They're not old enough to, how could that, they have a career at that age? How could they TikTok. be a famous chef? I don't get that. Well, yeah, like, yeah. Charlie D'Amelio is like is like seventeen and worth like thirty billion dollars uh, or whatever. Well, see, I, but if but they if they would have made them more like that, or a uh, or their a tech company moving in, like just a simple change of that would have made it. It was the chef line, the chef line, and then I'm gonna open a a art gallery. I just didn't understand like what why why do I why am I hearing this information? Why is this guy getting out and giving this half-assed manifesto a vision for buying a town? Uh, it 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 completely made no sense, and and it turns out to be true. It made me think. Wait a second. This movie is going to be set on this cheesy looking set in Bulgaria because I mean the thing was filmed in Bulgaria. Yes. I mean the whole thing about Leatherface is that he's in the farmhouse and it, with the hitchhiker, and he's you know it's never just Leatherface. Well, that's I've only, the thing. I've this... only watched the first two, and to, to have this one, to not have any of that, and to have it in this idiotic setting with these idiotic characters made no sense to me and it seemed like their business plan was like hey, i'm gonna start a town like i like the wire right the wire is like my favorite tv show of all time and this sounded like well i'm gonna go get a bunch of people who watch the wire and we're gonna buy a, a shack and move in together like what i i, I didn't understand can I say something that, yeah, can yeah, I yeah. Say something that might make the chef angle sound like it actually could have made sense at some point in the development of this so you've got your TikTok chefs, and they're going to run into Leatherface, who is from the famous Chili, Chili Sawyer family. Like, why not do that? Why not have these chefs, like, why not even bring that up? Like, why not? That's exactly, like, the irony and the kind of throwback to the original. It's the famous Sawyer Chili family. Well, they could have been new competitors. They could have been new competitors that. putting uh, the, the chainsaw people out of business, something like what? that. New, new competitors, yeah. But, so one, but even not, even if they just randomly, maybe they're going to the chili festival and they get set upon by Leatherface. But wouldn't that have made way more sense than let's be famous TikTok or YouTube chefs that are going to buy a town and they get all contrived into this whole big scenario that makes no sense? Just so also, they can set what, up that that Leatherface is living upstairs for the well, last that, 45 the, years? The, 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 the scene, they go into the orphanage. They go into the orphanage, and I notice that it's the same architecture as the house. There's the Exactly. Door, there's the they, they almost He recreated the house in the old orphanage. It didn't make any sense. It took me completely out of the movie at that point because I think what uh, Carlos said there, the saw is family. There was no family in this. All right, mom dies pretty damn quick. 
spoiler alert, if that's even mom. But the whole orphanage angle killed me because it it literally like, all right, now you're going to show these big doors and these big tables and these big uh, dining room table scenes. So he literally took his house and moved it to the orphanage. When they went into the house and I saw that the architecture was the same inside, I stopped the movie, rewound it because there's a sign out front that says orphanage and it says established whatever date. And I was like, okay, if this says established 1974, that's cool because that would be the house and the town was built up around it. But it doesn't. It says established 1925. And I'm like, okay, so that, that literally means nothing that the fact that the stair goes up there and the door that goes back to that big steel door. And it, that that house has no bearing. That orphanage means nothing to, nothing. The, nothing. to the legacy of the story. And we should point out that this thing had all the signs of a bomb written oh, all God, over yeah. it. Although oh, I, yeah. I think at, at this point, there's no such thing as a bomb anymore because you just put it on Netflix and it's now, number three I, on Netflix today, right? guys. Yeah. So this has probably exposed more people to Leatherface than any of those movies uh, previously because I think just everybody has Netflix and they're all watching it. But about nine months ago, there were reports by this dude, Mr. H. He's some YouTuber who does movies. I don't know if he just does horror, if he does movies in general. But it was on like Dread Central or Bloody Disgusting or one of those. And he had info from a guy who had seen the movie in a test screening and said it was a, a, you know, a bomb, that it was terrible. The filmmakers then went on a podcast and denied it and like, you know, said the guy was not telling the truth, but he clearly was now that the film has been released. Here's a clip of that. Original or interesting with the characters and lots of stuff felt rushed. I think the movie was only around 80 to 90 minutes. Most of the characters have zero backstory or development. Leatherface does not feel like an old man, which is weird since Sally, the girl from the original, is in this movie and seems older even than him. The general vibe from the audience was negative or mixed, and a lot of people shared complaints about the characters not having enough development or not caring about them. The only good thing about this film was the gore. So, so that was nine months ago, and he, he, you know, he pretty much nailed it. Nailed it. And before that, they lost. There was two brothers that were directing this movie, and they left the project. Yeah, and let me play this clip because this goes into that a little bit. Yeah, there's there's like three or four screenwriters credited. There's like one screenwriter, brand new screenwriter. I guess his previous movie script had been on the blacklist and that's coming out a horror film. Brand new director has only, well, here, I'll play this. This uh, departed the project over creative differences. So the reboot of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre has hit a massive roadblock. Uh, they were only in a week of production, so they weren't really there. Uh, directors Ryan and Andy Toho departed the project over creative differences with production shutting down in Bulgaria. So according to Deadline, Legendary Pictures then tapped David Blue Garcia as the new director. Garcia has directed a string of commercials. Yeah, so that was that. And then the next assumption that this guy makes, I don't have a clip of that, is that this thing, actually, I don't know if this guy said it, but there have been reports that Legendary, upon seeing those disastrous test screenings and possibly not having time to do any reshoots because of COVID and blah, 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 and it was in Bulgaria, production had been wrapped, decided to quote unquote dump it on Netflix. But I don't know if I believe that because the best oh, I, thing that could happen to this is to put it on Netflix where massive amounts of people will see it. Well, see, what I disagree with you is it was because it has uh, Fede Alvarez involved and I don't know how much he's involved, but he was in the involved in the remake of uh, Evil Dead. Uh, yep. Evil Dead and did uh, whatever that other movie. Don't with, breathe. Uh, yeah. So it... Um, all of that, like, I do think they dumped it because they were like, all right, we're not going to get the, uh, after that review, they were like, we're not going to get the theater 
we'll, we'll get the one weekend we won't get like, or we'll get one day, we'll get Friday. And then after that, we won't have maybe the weekend. And they realized it's, they'll probably make their money and then some just by dumping it to Netflix. Which I does... do think, it, I do think I would not, I wouldn't have watched this movie. Like, uh, right. unless, like I actually look forward to it thinking that it's such a stinker that this is the perfect Netflix movie. I did an overnight last night, came home at five in the morning, woke up at nine 30. I had this thing done by 1130, you know, and that's what like pausing here and there. And it is, it's hacked. I mean, the, the movie, everything about this movie is hacked. There's, I mean, it listen, feels there, like there's a, like there was another version of this movie. Some like it just got edited because some of it literally makes no sense. Particularly what I found galling was oh, please tell me it's the same thing I'm I'm really upset about school Sorry. shooter the girl yes. who's allegedly in a school shooting oh. which they never delve into they just sort of mention it in passing but they I don't use need to it. be puritan but that's pretty that's pretty gross that's pretty I crass. found that insulting I found that almost like if if we're gonna get into this because it's the movie is woke but in all the wrong ways where it's like telling you you know, th- none of that was needed. And I hate to say it. That's where it's an insult because every- none of it makes sense. None of it's rushed. It's not a character. Listen, it never comes ma- back into the story. No, anyway. no it's, it's so she could pick up a gun at the end and she's she's the better person for it. When like, listen, you're dealing with like real issues that we deal with in real life. If you're not going to like make that part of the story and actually maybe elevate the subject matter a little bit that there was no reason. You here's the need- big here's the big dramatic part. Towards the end, this is a spoiler alert, where, and these are two sisters, the two main characters, essentially, the final girls, essentially, are two sisters, one of whom was in, uh, survived a school shooting, though that really has nothing to do, like we just said, with the plot of the movie, and even her character, uh, and the other one, I don't know, she's, she's the chef, here they are talking about it. No, I was supposed to die in school that day. Okay. So death followed me. Oh, death followed you. Look at me. See, that's that's just poor taste. Evil dies to let him kill you, okay? <laughs> Evil dies tonight, Nate said. No, I mean, it, it did smell like that. It did well, smell listen, like that. Well, listen, was this just a Halloween ripoff more than a chainsaw ripoff? Oh, very much so. There were there were there was a ton of 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 Rob Zombie Halloween. Yeah. homages in this him cutting through the floor while she was under the floorboards him getting the saw out of the wall was very much like halloween Rob oh, halloween where he gets the oh my god oh, another really dumb sequence i've kept <laughs> my per like that's not even the chainsaw from the movie either like let me right. pull this, this great turns green. out the home depot guy delivered this it's, a, it's been in there a couple it's a of years year old chainsaw and he yeah, starts it right it's kawasaki like, green kawasaki <laughs> green chainsaw like what the hell was that and and listen like you own the entire you're the only weirdo living in this deranged town besides the mechanic who was like the hottest mechanic ever that ain't no, he was a cw was mechanic for sure yeah, yeah. so you have what to hide a chainsaw you have to hide a chainsaw in a wall like that stopped you from murdering for 30 years because you didn't want to take a uh, a a sledgehammer to a wall. Like I was like, he's what a the very good tenant. He's a very conscientious tenant at the end of the like, day. Like, listen, oh, and, then you it, would... and then it took him 800 hits in the wall to get the yeah. sledgehammer. That yeah. scene goes on forever when she's under the bed. You're like, oh my God, is <laughs> but he building also, something? 
But also, like, at least open that up, and then we could have seen Grandpa. We could have seen Chop Top. We could have seen the family dead in the wall that he's been saving, and that's why he doesn't want the house to leave. I don't know, man. It was the original house. Yeah. And, and, and again, I, all those other sequels to me are a little foggy, but this one really made me think, like, where is the fam? Like, it's the, the, this is a Leatherface movie, and I don't think uh, I'm like Nate. I'm, well, Unlike Nate, I'm more closer to Carlos. That I'm, I'm, I'm a tart, part two fan. But Chainsaw would be my favorite of all the franchises. I've mentioned it before. It's just maybe growing up closer to woods, uh, like Hickville a little bit, going to the mountains for vacations. It's always been more of a believable thing to me. Like, you know, let's take away none of these are believable, but always dare I say more grounded in reality that I could turn a corner into the middle of nowhere and meet a bunch of hicks that, you know, my dumb ass mouth would get me in trouble with. This one has none of that. This one has like, like Leatherface, despite being 70 or 80 or whatever he's supposed to be. Well, that's the other thing. Can we talk about that? He's able to jump at like, like, like an orca and sea world. He can do tricks like a seal if he needs to. What is going on with like that dude? If they're saying it's 19, like, you know, that's the year I'm born. I'm 48 years old. I can't get out of this chair. That guy was what? Anywhere from 16 to 20. Yeah. You know, when he committed those crimes, if you want to say, like, he had to be at least 20. And let me ask, let me ask Nate a question there as like a lifelong, uh, well, yeah, sorry, lifelong Texas Chainsaw original fan there. I mean, okay, Laurie Strode comes back in Halloween, but the Halloween, but that's Laurie Strode. It's Jamie Lee Curtis. It's Laurie Strode. I felt like that sort of made sense, uh, and it, I was all right. That's cool. Hell, they're bringing back the original character from Halloween. That's kind of cool. Was anybody asking for the original final girl from the? Te- were you wondering what happened to her, and would she no, ever get her revenge? And, and especially uh, in, in in honor of Marilyn Burns, they should not have brought uh, back a double in her place to play that character. Yeah. In my in my opinion, I, I would have, if, if we're gonna make this a direct a sequel, let, let's have her family go back and say, oh, my grandma used to always talk about this. Or my, like, in, in fact, Sally uh, Hardesty went there to their ancestral home. That's why they were in that place yes. originally was because it was like her great grandmother's home or grandmother's, I can't remember what it is specifically, but it was a house that was in their family. That's why that whole group was there to begin with. So you could, you could, and you could have made a very effective, uh, very, very good Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, recreating to some extent the some of the activity that happens in the original. People would say, oh, it's just the same as the original. But if as long as you are effective at your execution, then it would nobody would care that, oh, was it just another family going back to where the original happened? Who cares? Also, you're, you're keeping you that story, that. you're keeping that story somewhat more simple. Like the and, thing is, they just uh, went so much. It just made no sense. Like the reasoning for this was the dumbest thing I've ever seen and, in a horror. Movie. And of course, and that's the thing, ev- uh, so Spears, to, to something that you had said about them being realistic or believable, I've always thought that the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre was extremely believable and extremely realistic. And and back in 1973, were people, you know, you go off off the grid. And you don't think that that type of thing is going to happen to you. And that's what that's what Texas Chainsaw Massacre exposes, that that you can go off the grid and you can come across these scary people. And like growing up in Old Saybrook and walking down yep. the train tracks and seeing the hobo tent, that's scary as hell because like, of something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like yes. uh, it, 
there a dude in there with a chainsaw? Like that brought fear to the forefront, like better than anything. And like, so we look at this new version and what are they trying to make us afraid of? Like are actually the, the wealthy investors, the bad people in this because they're taking land away from the poor people and, and Leatherface is the, actually supposed to be the hero. Is that what we were supposed to take away from this? That, that the, that the TikTok generation with their phones in their hands and all of their money, which they all complain about not having any money. So I don't know where all these people in this movie got the money from, but are they the bad ones? Like, is that what, is that what the message was supposed to be? Because there was a message behind the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was about the horrors of Vietnam and the, the downfall of the, of, the, of the American family and all of that stuff and, and, and the, the danger that hides within a, 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 a believably safe surrounding. So you take that and, and try to add, like, try to make, I guess the word now is woke. You make this a woke version of it. And, but really, it just makes the rich people buying a town the bad people. Yeah, that, that Leatherface is the good guy, which is ridiculous. I hate the bad guy as the good guy, which brings me back to that Alexandra D'Addario version of it where she's like, go get him, cuz. So stupid. And on that note, why are there jokes in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie? Yeah. Well, then that was the thing. There is, okay, so the gore, right? Uh, well, first we should just say, and everybody's agreed, I don't think we, it's like a consent agenda agreement that the fact they killed off the woman from the first one in that just unceremonious. She comes back, doesn't kill him, then gets killed by him. It gets off a shotgun shot. That was just awful. I think everybody who's, everybody who's commenting on this movie, anybody who sat through it, thought that was awful. But the gore. This is, and, and I said this on social media, and Shane, who a uh, past guest of this podcast who texted me his, his bullet points, I should read real fast. But he makes this point, too, that it is the first Texas chainsaw massacre film with an actual massacre and it takes place uh, on that bus uh that brian had alluded to earlier and it's in i think everyone knows about it if you watch the previews and it felt to me they were there's that deleted scene in texas chainsaw part two where leatherface and company uh kill yes. all the yuppies that in an underground garage there's like a tailgating yep. party but it, it didn't really work but that scene they, they, they remade that essentially where in that in that movie uh, uh leatherface actually goes and kills multiple people at once. Uh, should I go through Shane's stuff real fast here? Or should we get to the yeah. bus scene? All right, he says, uh, Shane says, uh, complaints you never vaguely show that uh, Leatherface has a totally normal face. Yeah. He didn't like the the, the chef uh, TikToker. He didn't like her eyebrows. He was very distracted by her <laughs> eyebrows. Uh, none of the victims are likable. So you're more interested in seeing them die than being scared for them, which is sort of what uh, Nate just said. When Sally went through, uh, wouldn't make what Sally went through wouldn't make her a badass. I think it would be the opposite. All right, Shane's getting a little uh, psychological on. I love the I love the fact that he wears the face of someone he loves. I really love the scenes when he has to get his chainsaw out of the wall. So Nate was down Whoa. with the wall thing, where the lady who's trying to protect him probably put it after she found him after the original movie. Uh, the gore across the board was great fun. Nine movies, and this is my what I was saying. Uh, nine movies, and I'd say we the bus scene was the first time we truly had an actual massacre. Uh, too many guns used in the movie. It's not it's not fair. The Leatherface, <laughs> the soundtrack. The guy who did the soundtrack was awesome. That's my notes for the show. So th that was uh, Shane weighing in. But yeah, okay. So the Leatherface gets all these people on the back of this bus, some type of party bus. There's at least twenty people on there, and okay, so. 
one of them takes out a cell phone and says something about being canceled. No, all of them did. All of them did. Well, it uh, wasn't at first one, up. and then as they're running no, away, they, they all, all kind of, they no, all no, no, pick no. it up at the same time. Yeah, it's, okay, it's, so it's maybe, a total maybe I, lost, I, I thought it, 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 it might have been mildly humorous if one person did that, but to have all of them. It's a total joke scene. He steps on the bus. Awful. They all their all of their cameras, all their phones come up. There might have been a, a, a whoosh. A step. close up. <laughs> they did a close up of one guy's, but it was all of them. Okay, okay so I misread that. Okay. And, the, and the guy goes, "We're gonna cancel you, bro," or something like that. Oh. Like you're gonna cancel Leatherface. Like th there's no place in Texas Chainsaw Massacre for jokes. Leave that for Freddy and for Scream. Although part Those two, I love part two. Part two, yeah. See, part two is a classic. Well, maybe that's why I'm not a big part two. But no, in this particular scene, I, I would have given. They just they it was like again family. They just beat you over the head with it, and it was awful, and it ruined and took me out of what was an otherwise effective scene. Because I thought some of the kills in this. Brian's getting pissed. It looked like Brian's getting pissed. I thought <laughs> some of the kills were were pretty cool. Like uh, there there is this there is a school of thought. I was on the bloody disgusting Facebook page where people were pretty much negative, but this one guy, there's always that one guy kept getting in there on every comment. And he kept saying, his name is Glenn Basin. I'm just kidding. He kept saying, well, what do you expect from we Leatherface did his thing. What do you expect? And on the waterfront, are you expecting a good movie? Are you there for the script? Are you there for the story? No, you're there yeah. to see a guy with a chainsaw, kill people. And it delivered on that end. Uh, so I don't no, know. How I, to I disagree. I disagree. I, I I am there for the story. I am for there there for the character development. I am there to care about the characters. I am there for it to, in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. It's not Scream. It's not Freddy. It's not Jason. It has a different pedigree. I think in my in in, in my opinion, it does. However, we're talking about the, the 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 brutality on the bus and when the woman is halfway out the window and gets cut in half. I thought that was an amazing kill scene. If we're going to talk strictly kill scenes, I thought that was done extremely well. And I thought Leatherface and, kind of throwing some of the body parts over him, killing people to a, two people at once was good. But yeah, at the end of the day, if that's all you're there for, just wait until six months or a week from now when somebody edits all the all the movie out and just puts in the kill scenes and get the Texas Chainsaw kill count. If that's all you're going for, you, you can just wait for YouTube for that. I think the, the court, I mean, it's in every horror movie now. Like there was not one kill in there that I haven't seen somewhere else, and and fine, it was fine, but it's also so much CGI. Yeah. So that takes away. That takes me like these movies should be practical, like and it is, you know, myself being the guy that does this, I don't consider just blood spraying gore. Like there was a lot of that. That's like Kill Bill stuff, which is awesome. But no. think about that. There was a lot of. <laughs> I had to throw it in there. But, oh yeah, uh, uh, bait the anti-Tarantino. But, but that all that all that blood splatter hitting walls is cool. But that's not gore. That's just blood shooting out. That's in, and also I thought the execution of some of these hits. A lot of it was aftermath. That means there is a budgetary issue. I mean, we've all been there. I do a lot of aftermath. Wait, 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 because I have no, wait, explain that. That's interesting because I have no idea what you mean. Like, like you see a hit, the guy falls, and then later on it's revealed, the wound is revealed more. Like, like for instance. Why is that a budgetary way, issue? Because it's, it's, it's cheaper to just show the, the, the makeup effect on the guy rather than doing a whole process of seeing the hit, seeing the skin removed, seeing like more of gags happening. Oh, okay. You know, like you're just cutting out a little, you're cutting out a huge section of it just to 
to make it easier to shoot. Like, for instance, it's easier to shoot blood and then grab a fake arm and just throw it over your shoulder. That looks awesome, but we're not seeing the arm ripped apart from, you know, we're not seeing in part two where they skin the guy, you know, Uh when the skin comes off, like where that, that takes a whole day to shoot that. So they're not wasting time because they have to get to the amazing auction scene that they shot in this that I was like, what the hell? Uh, But so like I just was blown when the dude broke his hand on yeah. the back. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was the budget for on, on air effects. And, and I just That's found it. a lot, a lot of the and yeah. And then he gets stabbed with it. I mean, it's just he John wicked his arm and then used it as a weapon. <laughs> I didn't get. There was so Ripped much. Ripped off Now again, this will be a movie, unlike Halloween Kills or uh, whatever those are. Whatever. The, like I will put this on in the makeup shop. You know what I mean? And have in the background. Cause it'll be one of those movies that I'm just like, all right, it's so dumb. You just got to look up when you hear a scream and blood shooting out. So I get the gore, but why can't you, I wanted a better story. I wanted a better story with that gore. That's or some all. type of coherent story. Yeah. yeah or, just... or yeah. Like, or even if it was a little stupider, I would have liked it so, a little bit more. Like they took it so seriously and tried to bring so much logic. What, what drives me nuts more than this is, this is true representation of that we are Disneyfied, we are Marvelized, we are oh like this well, is well I know can I just uh like because I'll forget this uh it's it's basically I think the producers knew they were gonna make their money back they didn't care if it was like this was just made for money not for love mm. like that's you know I think we all like horror movies that were made and maybe the stories of getting them made were just as good as the movies that were made. They weren't like, this is, we know it's a sequel. We know it's a reboot. They exist now. It's a whole industry and they're going to throw in enough Easter eggs for the nerds that will follow stuff or, or wow, this was this, you know, but I, I just think this is strictly made someone a ton of money. And that sort of bothers me because you're, you're like, all right, let's get the young people in. We'll make all these cultural references, which I'm not saying shouldn't be in movies, but if you're going to do it the way they did it, it's that's horrible. Like, listen, like gentrification is a great idea. Taking over an old Southern town. Like that could have been a whole movie right there. But this wasn't even gentrification. That was the I other know, thing that they I misused know. the term. It's an abandoned town, yeah. allegedly, where just it's just a mechanic, an old lady in Leatherface. That's you know what it's just that was that was weird to me too. It's also to- weirdly, it's also weirdly a uh, 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 pro gun. There was like kind of almost yeah. like it was trying to make a pro gun statement there. Where I don't know, that was kind of bizarre to me. I mean, either way, it's it it, it doesn't really fit the Texas Chainsaw Massacre pro or anti gun. But here's something, and maybe this is perverted. So I, I'll try to phrase this in a way that doesn't make me come off like a total pervert. But I was shocked. <laughs> Nate says too late. I was shocked at how sexless this movie was. Just like, I mean, just everything. Characters' yeah. appearance, just everything. There was, it was like, it, it, sex appeal doesn't exist uh, in this world they created. And it was so striking. I mean, I've seen part one, I've seen part two. And then I did, in the theater, I went and saw the Jessica Beale remake. Which I, I thought I thought for like the first 30 minutes or so was pretty good. And then it gets really repetitive. But one thing that was almost distracting about that movie was the way they dressed and focused, you know, that male gaze on Jessica Beale, that entire movie. Yeah. It's, well, it's, almost, a very, it's a very 
very sexy movie. It's a very, I mean, it, it's it's a very well made movie. It's a very sexy movie. So it was it was made by a commercial director. Yep. So similar to the, this new one, however, they were they, it was it looked like a Coca Cola commercial basically. It was Michael Bay produced, who's who was a commercial director. He's been he produced it, and Kim Henkel was a commercial director, I believe. Um, and and so it, it's it's it, the, the 2003 is a very sexy movie. Which is weird. It didn't. It didn't quite work to me though, because it was just like I, I felt like even the way they were framing the, ca- the 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 camera through that that whole movie was to just oh, there's Jessica Biel's breasts. Oh, that it was like it was like they were a character in the movie. I didn't really. It was. But then you go to this, and it's the exact. It's the opposite. Yeah. And it was strange because I mean horror movies. There's all. I mean, there's they always tie the whole thing with Americans is like you know we we prefer violence over sex and we tie the two together in a weird way. This none right, of that. Yeah. It was just and it was it felt kind of it was just a weird vibe uh, to me that it gave off. We're just real estate investors. <laughs> like they weren't. There was no like young kids messing around. None of that. Didn't need like not even lewd comments. And that well, felt purposeful to me. Consider Scream and Halloween and Halloween Kills. I mean, I can't remember any kind of sex scene in, in either of those three. It just doesn't happen anymore. So, all right, right. can I get? Can I have to edit that out, or do I? Do I come well, across like well, I'm trying to? You right. know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Well, it's funny because you. Uh, I think there's no uh, jiggling. Uh, Steven so- Soderbergh has an article out, or there, there's an article about him talking about Marvel movies don't have sex and oh, sex yeah. appeal, like that type of thing. So it, it's very much. I mean, listen. It's it's a dirty secret in horror that sex sells in a sense. It's always been even the original Chainsaw, the the Jessica Biel shot that's most famous is the tracking shot from behind her walking up. But that was from the but but that's from the original Chainsaw that they did. They did the exact same thing. Original Chainsaw. It's just the you know the technology and but. That's Uh-oh. gotten a lot better in the 2000s. We lost you for a second there, Brian. But wait, that brings us to the part of the podcast where I have to play this clip. These fucking superhero movies. How many fucking more can they do? I don't know. It's like, how many more reboots can they do now at this point? How many reboots are reimagining or legacy sequels? I hate that. I hate that phrase, legacy sequels, by the way. I don't even, even understand it. But I guess, uh, I mean, I got nothing else to say. I, about- I do. How, how soon? Do they greenlight another chainsaw for Netflix? Oh, I'm sure it's already done. That's happened. Or maybe maybe they just got the, the contracts are definitely going back. We and have forth. not, unfortunately, we have not seen the last of Leatherface, and I'm not. I don't know. I'm not because I don't want Leatherface to be like Leatherface is not Michael Myers. And well, they like at the end. Did you, did you Michael Myers. stuck around and saw the the post credit thing where after the after the credits? There's that no. one last thing. Okay, so this is. I watched it today because I, I didn't know it existed until. Same here. Came... Same here. So basically, you, at the very end of the movie, after the credits roll, you see Leatherface walking down the road to his original house, and it actually looked like you know it looked oh well that it's a big f you to everyone who just sat through ninety minutes. Oh of wait, Bulgarian. so there's a real house? You know what they should have done with this? They should have just made this a reboot or a straight remake, a part two. You know, oh, they, they should. They, you know, they just should have done that. Only because well, it, it was, was ridiculous. Part two is serviceable. Part two is serviceable enough that they could have. I mean, it's, it's a good enough movie that it, it, it kept it within you know parameters and all that other stuff. They could have totally done. But yeah, just just make it what, totally what, ridiculous. What was the budget on this? Anybody know what the budget was on this? No, I mean, uh, no, no. I but tried looking. Here's it up. The I, thing, I didn't guys, really see anything. It it had to be. I mean, yes, it's a low budget movie, but it still was legendary pictures. You know what I mean? They're, right. they're you know, so they invested something. I just. 
wonder, like it, it has no there's real a Confederate names. flag in it, and then there, then there's a big there's a Texas flag painted on the Bulgarian wall, just so you know it's Texas. Okay, so issues that I have with it specifically with with Sally Hardesty coming back, like I didn't think that, that should have happened at all, but whatever. You're, it's it's the, the story they want to tell is that she comes back and and has a confrontation with Leatherface. She sees him point blank in the room and doesn't shoot him. Lets him walk out of the house somehow. Walks past her, uh, then confronts him in the street and starts shooting at him from thirty feet away. And he's blocking the gunshots with his with his with his chainsaw like it's a lightsaber he's blocking the gunshots then he runs her through spoiler warning runs her through for about five minutes on screen hoisting over the air throwing her 50 feet into a pile of garbage okay i mean now she's supposed to be 70 75 years old i think even if you didn't run them through with a a chainsaw and through a 75 year old they'd probably be done uh but then she's still able to get a gunshot off a shotgun shot off and, and hit him while he's across the street. She couldn't hit him before. Yeah. Hits it this time and then reloads the gun and then hands it to the girl. It's it just, just idiocy. Just, oh, just who's making this movie that they're looking at that. And they're like, yeah, this is, this is going to play really well. And what about the, what about the self-driving car at the very end? Oh. Like, so, so I want to know, does that girl get out of there? Does she make it <laughs> all the going way to Austin? five miles an hour? It's slow. <laughs> She just gets right. to hang out of the rooftop and just she's gonna, you know. And I was like, wait, it's so all the way to Austin, all the way to Austin. Oh, oh. oh you but, they, stop but, the they, thing. but they made sure they made sure to establish that earlier on after they leave the gas station. They make sure to focus on he puts it into autopilot and his hands are off, and that the car can do that. All for that one scene. They they set that whole up, that whole thing up. Just for that one scene at the end to do that. It's ridiculous. But, you know, at the end of the day, though, if I was like 11 years old and I stumbled across this on Netflix, I'd probably think it was pretty cool. And that's the problem is that <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre for people who don't know anything about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They will appreciate it. It'll be and at the, at the risk of sounding like somebody who's old and in the way they will watch this and this will be that and it will be a good movie to them quotes um and they'll never go back to watch the original i i I get recommendations for younger audiences all the time oh what what horror movies should my daughter watch or what horror movies should my niece watch and i recommend it and it's like well it's just going to play very old-fashioned like and i don't see how the original texas chainsaw master could play old-fashioned i think it's terrifying still but this is this one people will watch and they'll their your, your younger people will watch and they will associate maybe or affiliate with the the young TikToker chefs on there and they'll think it's terrifying. I was wondering as like a, if I'm an 11 year old kid and I haven't seen any of the other Texas Chainsaw movies. This is my first one. It doesn't. I don't think it will cause them to go back. It does. It doesn't really connect in any no, way. I think if, no. if you're totally ignorant, you don't. It's probably a little confusing because you're like, what? Okay, it's this old lady had some kind of history, you know. Because I, if I was trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody who was completely ignorant of the series, and it's got to be a confusing movie, uh, right? Because it's just, it's just, you know, it's an old guy, and there's, 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 you know, there's some gore, there's some computer chainsaw kills. I guess that's what it's got going for it. So they made a legacy sequel that you don't need to see the original. Yeah, they they dis they disregard any- the legacy. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly what they did. It's it's literally soulless. But let's end it on Lee Marvin's birthday, all right? It's Lee Marvin's birthday. 
Here's a clip oh, of wait. Lee Marvin. Wait, what? Well, you have to. Fit. What about what? Nate's choices? All right, so Nate, we had asked you. All right. Since this is your debut appearance on Insufferable Bastards. Yeah. We don't get. We haven't done this in so long because no one comes on this podcast. <laughs> we and it's not like we don't invite people. We they decline. And I like how Kim's not even around anymore. Even she's not interested. Her husband's on the podcast, and she's not. She isn't in the room watching something yeah, else on she, Netflix. She's out for a drive. She was like, she, I can't listen to this any longer. She's. She's like, I gotta wash my hair, man. I can't take this. <laughs> right, right. I can't even be in the house. <laughs> What am I doing with my life? But okay, so if you had to pick one horror character you would most like to get drunk with, living dead or what have you, who would it be? I think I would go with Ash from the Evil Dead. Ash from the Evil Dead. And I could ask why, but it's probably obvious. I mean, come on, it's Ash. It'd be kind of fun. I mean, you sit there at the bar with a guy with a chainsaw attached to his arm, and, you know, that, that sounds like a good time. I would think that Ashes would be a big cokehead. I think it would be. I think it'd be problematic. Well, I the mean, you guy. said have a drink. We're gonna go from drinks to whatever. Like, if, especially if we're in like Manhattan or something like that, that could be a really good party. Well, he definitely could cut up the lines with that chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do the blow right off the yeah. right off the blade of the saw. <laughs> I'm trying to find my laugh thing, but I can't find it. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so who would be the horror character you would least like to encounter in a drinking establishment or a watering hole and get hammered with? You wouldn't want to get hammered uh, at with the, this at character. The risk of, at the risk of alienating most of your audience that's under the age of 30, I will say that I would least like to have a drink with any of the victims from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> That's really, yeah, that's, yeah, God, that would be hellish. Oh. I would offer myself up. If I was at a bus driver, I would have just run into his. And that's the other thing. The bus driver should have been like Ralph Cramden. The bus driver should have been like, he should have been like comic relief old guy. But he was, was asleep the whole time. He was asleep the whole time. They just kept showing shots of him slumped over the wheel. I was like, what is going on? Also, that bus. It's that bus movie. set must have been a 747. That was ne- that was the longest bus I've I, ever seen. Yeah, do those things exist? I, they kept shooting. I'm like, what is that? That's a bus? That's got to uh, be a Bulgarian bus. They, those things can't exist in the U.S. So nobody's ever seen them here. And they, they, yeah. it's like they shipped you, it over you, there. You didn't see the goat they killed in the middle of that? That bus <laughs> is currently invading Ukraine as we speak. <laughs> oh Putin is uh, at the head of it. That's... <laughs> Dancing under the blue lights with a vodka. All right, that's it. Anybody else got anything else? I don't. Call it a night? Hey, I I had a really good time. Anytime you guys want to have me back on to talk about anything, Marvel, Star Wars, horror, whatever, (laughs) invite me back. All right, so I'm Carlos Danger. That was Brian Spears and Nate Rand, and we'll see you next week on Unstoppable Bastards. See See you.